Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, I have somebody on who is going to talk about their area of expertise, and I've been very much looking forward to talking to them. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. Hi, everybody. My name is Liz Zirkle, that's with a Z, and I'm an expert in romance novels and writing romance. And Absolutely. So pretty much I... Gosh, I've probably been reading at least romance adjacent the majority of my life, but that became really the focus of my reading probably in like 2015 or so. And I've been writing romance since 2017 and actively started publishing late last year. Fantastic. My understanding of the romance novel and romance genre in general, I feel is pretty broad. Like you, I've read a lot of romance novels in my time. And I think that the most important thing the authors of romance novel have to take into consideration isn't necessarily their characters or their setting or the world events that like influence character decisions. But I think it's booking the right models for the photo shoot. (laughs) And because like the cover is going to dictate how people envision these characters and the the cover might have nothing to do with your characters whatsoever but you want people to be like oh wow look at that amazing (laughs) romantic embrace and i think that a lot of people kind of I, i maybe in the 90s especially saw these romance novels and were like oh this is how i flirt and like they didn't actually read the books they just saw the pictures and like Oh, okay, I'm supposed to hold my my significant other, the person that I'm interested in, by the lower back. I'm supposed to have as few buttons buttoned as possible. <laughs> and I think that kind of dictated a lot of, like, you saw a huge increase in the number of men that had, like, very, very deep V-necks by the end of the, two, in the 1990s and into the 2000s, and then long hair, a lot of conditioner got sold because of these romance novels. A lot of people don't know about that, about how the conditioner industry, big conditioner, got into the the booking of these models to help try and sell more conditioner. And they've they've done a great job. I think it's a it's a benefit for society. All thanks Uh, to Fabio. Absolutely. All thanks to Fabio. I didn't want to mention his name lest he appear and intercede (laughs) in this. And but that man did so much for society and for like dictating what romance could be and what potential romantic idealization of a man could be. Because having long, luscious hair like that, hold on, having long, luscious hair like that typically thought of in a lot of instances as a more feminine thing but it's like oh well he could be really muscular he could have clothing that was very flowing and but he has this beautiful wind-blown hair it's like oh well this is i'm attracted to his hair even if you're straight but i mean it's just it's (laughs) that it's that good of hair uh and also you don't want to be limited by the expectations of having just one cover especially in today's day and age You can kind of have multiple different covers, multiple different actors or models and kind of have different distribution streams. So like print on demand. And so like if you have the 
a, a person that is buying your book and but you're like, oh, they want to be a model, you can kind of get some AI into that to where they replace their image onto the character that they most desire or most identify with, or at least in their initial like reading of the synopsis. And then they have a customized version of the book. And I think that that's something that could really be beneficial. And then you also want your romance scenes to end with character development. So like you want to have like a very clear statement of we made out, we had intercourse or whatever, however you decide to say that. And then it made me feel like, and thus I decided I wanted to, whatever it would be, save the orphans or whatever moves the, the plot forward. And also you want to draw from the stories of the past. So Jane Austen, the classic novels and everything like that, Pride and Prejudice, all these things. But you also want to get equally romantic stories that might not necessarily be considered, that might not necessarily be considered romances in a traditional sense, but also like kind of influence people's understanding about what relationships were at that time. And I think that things like the yellow wallpaper, very, <laughs> very important for a certain set of people and what they're looking for with their romance novels. Maybe a little bit more gothic, a little bit more more dangerous, inspired kind of dynamics. But having a character at one point making a direct reference saying, hey, I just want you to feel safe. You can have whatever color wallpaper you want <laughs> in the room that I lock you in would be really, really helpful to establishing that that character is a good character in those instances. I mean, dark romance is very, very popular. So you're really not too wrong there. Okay, excellent. With that all being said, about how much of that would you say was accurate? I feel like there were nuggets of truth in there. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, honestly, I mean, regarding covers, that's a really fascinating topic that we could talk like an entire hour about. But covers are very important. And in the 90s and mm -hmm. 80s, things like the Fabio style cover was definitely, definitely in that's not so much the case now. There's a big push right now for more like illustrated sort of covers or discreet covers that aren't as sexy as some of the other covers. But then there's also a good amount of people who still like the bare chested hot men on their covers. So th it's all over the place. I don't know about the conditioner. That would actually be really fascinating. Okay. <laughs> to see if there was actually any correlation between those covers being popular and men growing their hair out and learning that conditioner is a very useful thing <laughs> but yeah. the, the the fun thing about romance is there's literally a subgenre for anything you could possibly think of so if you want to be trapped in a room by your lover i can guarantee you that book exists <laughs> right yeah i mean it, it does seem like a lot of the romance it, it kind of, it, it, it's a massive genre as a whole. Yes. Like it's a huge, huge umbrella. Right. And that's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry because there are so many things that fall within that huge umbrella. Right. And w with, uh, what do you find yourself most drawn to with the romance that you seek out? So typically, at least currently, I write more romantic comedy. So okay, contemporarily set, humor plays a part not very angsty. I tend to write like medium to higher heat level. So yes, there is open door activities happening. In romance, people tend to say closed door, meaning that 
if someone does have sex you don't see it like they shut they shut the bedroom door and then like the book starts up say like the next morning or like when they finish or whatever so you don't see any of the action whereas open door romance is when you get the details and then within there you can be like very flowery more symbolic language or you can do more literal sexy give you all the details sort of language and then you can get like erotica which is more or less like porn on paper which there's nothing wrong with that um but i'm kind of more in the middle sexy spice level (laughs) yeah middle yeah a medium spice level i think is the most effective spice level because you get to taste the flavor of what you're getting into as well as the the spiciness of it and like it's like oh okay i could see how this could like be elevated a lot but you can kind of fill in those points much like if you have like a spicy piece of chicken (laughs) if you get the medium you can tell how it could be developed into like a really spicy piece of chicken but you don't have to go there all the time and then in terms of what I tend to read, I've been on a really big alien slash sci-fi romance kick lately, Okay. <laughs> which in those typically one of the partners is human and the other is some sort of alien. And typically a lot, one of the common tropes within that are like the women folk are normally, like normally either stolen for earth or earth doesn't exist anymore or whatever. And humans are kind of viewed as less than in space because everyone else is better than earth and then they fall in love with a big bad alien (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean it sounds like a as a quintessential text even though it's a film a lot of these kind of sci-fi ones kind of probably find their roots so to speak in the film earth girls are easy and you can kind of see how everything kind of develops out of that you know, the Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans kind of alien trope. And then, oh, they instead of being crash landed on Earth, you take them out into the human out into space. I, it's, you flip it on the you flip the coin, so to speak. <laughs> um, I have not seen that film, but if jo- Jeff Goldblum's in it, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a, an amazing film. I mean, it is it's very 80s. It's 1988, but it's Gina Davis and trying to impress her like doctor boyfriend who's fooling around on her but then luckily these aliens crash land in her pool and there's a musical number it's a lot it's a lot of fun and it's she reads magazines about like how to like seduce them or something the the (laughs) the the doctor and it's 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 a it's a great like it's not a good movie, but it's a great it's a great romantic 80s popcorn movie. That's so uh, funny. Yeah. So when when did you decide to start writing them? Like or what what was kind of the impetus to you being like, "Oh, this is something I really want to pursue?" So I was an English major in undergrad and then went and got my MFA in creative writing. And oh, I feel like in both of those settings it was very much like ingrained in you that if you're going to be a writer, you have to like write the great American novel. You have to write literary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fine and dandy, but that's not like, I enjoy reading that on occasion, but that's not what I'm drawn to. And I think I struggled for a couple of years trying to figure out what the heck was quote unquote good enough for me to be writing. 
And mm-hmm. I finally just got to the point that I was like, no, <laughs> what I want to read all the time is romance novels. Like I literally read close to at least a hundred a year. And then why, if that's what I'm spending all my time writing or not writing, if that's what I'm spending all my time reading, and then I started a podcast about romance novels to talk about them, why wouldn't I then put my focus on writing it? And I think it was a weird like moment of trying to ignore all the professor voices in my head who just like were looked down upon genre writing in general but romance more so than any other genre writing really gets pooed upon and there's definitely some sexist tendencies behind that but Mm -hmm. I finally was like screw it I don't care this is what makes me happy this is what I want to spend my time doing so that's what I'm gonna do (laughs) that's great yeah spoken as also a English creative writing major I can attest to the dynamic in my undergrad as well of the genre fiction being looked down upon and like the feedback from the professor being oh this feels like too much of a horror or a too much romance or whatever it would be and being like well no like this was fun to write I think I should write what's fun first and then worry about if it's literary later and just get out what I what I most enjoy. And that's what people are going to be most attracted to. Right. And then luckily, I did have one professor in my master's program who didn't have the opinion that genre writing is looked out is bad. And she was like, if you're going to write a genre, write it well, like take the skills you're learning about, like, developing plot, developing characteristics, making a multi-layered person, all those sorts of things. And then apply it to whatever genre you want to write. Like, if you're going to write genre, just do it well. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, so I've tried to clung to that. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been like, I am going to spend the time. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm not a great plotter. I'm a bit more of a pantser kind of person. Like, I go in with a plan, but I don't have, Mm -hmm. like, a a full detailed outline typically. But I do spend a good amount of time developing my characters ahead of time. And that's one of the things I love about romance is... Yes, the plot definitely matters. I think that a lot of people have this misconception that plot isn't a thing in romance novels. It very much is. But it's also about the character's growth and the characters falling in love and them realizing who they are based on what their relationship with the other person is as well. And they grow together and they overcome obstacles. And it's a very emotional and character driven. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And there is plot in there as well. Like if you have... You can have romance novels that have pretty much no plot, and that's fine. But I feel like the best ones also have in a B plot and a C plot that are outside of the main plot, which is the growth of their relationship. And I like that. And I think think there's a lot of people who have either only read like a Harlequin novel back that they found on their mom's bookshelf back in like the 80s or whatever, and assume that's what all current modern romances and that's very much not the case there are so much world building in a lot of novels and typically in romance novels now like even if it's a standalone like one couple gets their happy ending at the end because that's I'm all over the place but the main focus of a romance novel is it has to be the happily ever after for the couple Mm -hmm. if they're not together at the end it is not a romance novel looking at you Nicholas Sparks Um, (laughs) oh all right all right (laughs) 
People use him as an example all the time. He writes love stories. They're mm-hmm. not romance novels. Oh, okay. I like that there's a distinction there. Yes. You can have romantic aspects in other genres, but that doesn't make it a romance novel. If they're gotcha. if it's not the main focus of the book and they're not together at the end, then it's not a romance novel. But anyway, there's so much world building that happens in a lot of romance novels, especially if it's a series. And I particularly like series that each book can be read on its own, but like there's a, you meet characters in each book that then you realize, oh, they'll also get their own book. So you learn more about them in their own book. And then it just, it builds a whole community of people that like, you're excited to like re-see people from book two when you're, once you're in book five, but also are excited to know how the book five people, how they're like going to fall in love. And it's just fun. It's, you can... You can make it as complicated as you want. And I love that more and more romance readers want to see that interconnection between all the books. So you can really focus on building characters and focus on building a world for them. Absolutely. That's super insightful. And I I really appreciate it. I feel like I've learned a lot. If people wanted to learn more about you or more about romance novels and romance writing in general, what would you recommend? Well, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, which is lizzerkel.com. That has all of my information regarding, I have a Christmas book that was out in an anthology that I will later be publishing solo. But my first book that just came out in this past April is called Hungry for Love. And it's a rom-com about two ex-best friends who end up on a dating reality show for chefs and they have to work together if they want to win the prize at the end and they want to win that prize. So they, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So they have to put aside their shared hatred of each other and pretend to be dating on the show. And then of course, as any fake dating romance happens, they fall in love for real and have to deal with the circumstances of that. That is available currently just on Amazon because I write for Kindle Unlimited Okay. So if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can do that, or you can buy the ebook or the paperback. You can find on my website all of my different podcasts that I have. If you want to hear me talk about romance novels specifically, then listen to my podcast I host with my friend Stephanie called Dick of the Week. Great. And we also have an audio drama romance podcast called Love and Lust. Fantastic. Liz, this has been so informative and so much fun. I really appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It was really fun. Fantastic. My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt Splaining. <laughs>